Hey, Ben, how you doing? You're doing well. How are you? Good. Raiders. Go Raiders. Tough year so far this year, but. My Raiders tidbit is I used to live somewhere where they used to practice, like within like a quarter mile from me. So when they El were still in California. Hmm? No, not in El Segundo. It was in Alameda. So, oh, Alameda. Yeah. Oakland ago. Alameda Coliseum. There you go. There you I've go. been out there. There you go. So what are we talking about today? I have absolutely no idea what the topic is. Oh. <laughs> to you? <laughs> well, there's so many, right? <laughs> hmm. Had so many meetings with uh, great clients recently. Let's talk about the pressure that some folks put on themselves when it comes to decision-making. So maybe I can set Many the- Many areas of life, right? Not yeah, just- <laughs> For sure. Yeah. For sure. And and you're absolutely right. This this is something that is can be, you know, I could be talking about anything in life right now, but let's let's talk about in the context of of finance. Mm -hmm. And this year. It's been a bear market this year. Again, not anything that is out of the ordinary. Historically speaking, we go through bear markets once every five years. And those bear markets typically cause a, or represent a fall in the market of roughly a third of your portfolio, believe it or not. Fairly frequent, but also very temporary in terms of how long they last, though it doesn't feel that way when you're inside of one, right? Yeah. We have a bad month in the market, it feels like an eternity. Yeah. When it comes to your money that you're putting away, maybe you can, I'm sure this will resonate with you in particular, because we've had similar conversations before. When you're younger, and you are working and you're accumulating money and your you know your money is part of your paycheck is coming out into your 401k you're saving some money on the side it's building up in your checking or your savings account you've got an investment account you've got a lot of things going on it's common that i hear from folks that we work with that we consult with as clients that I don't pay a lot of attention to my 401k. I don't pay a lot of attention to this. They've hired us, of course, so they're they're maybe a little bit different because they, they, they're hiring somebody to do that. But with respect to flash forward to late 50s, early to mid 60s, and the bear markets, the volatile markets that didn't seem to bother the younger investor that's putting money away, perhaps not giving it much thought, all of a sudden, the focus narrows, right? No longer is this an arbitrary, I don't mean to say that in, the, in, in that way, but in terms of any kind of stress, anxiety, or worry about 
what's going on with my investments when you're in that accumulation phase of your financial life is a lot less, right? Because I'm working, I'm, I'm earning money. I've decided to save for my future X percent, whatever that is. Yes, investments are going up and down, but I'm working. I have a surplus of capital and I'm living my life. And then you go through this transition of now you are retiring or you are retired. And now the main source of your life, financial life, and your ability to support how you want to live is now based upon not a job that's been paying you money over the years, but now is represented by an account, so to speak, that holds years and years of the money that you've worked so hard to accumulate. And now we go through a year like this year. It's incredible with some, the change in mentality and emotion that can transpire during those times. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, you know, and a part of me is thinking like, can you hold it against them, right? Because when you're young, you're really kind of distracted. You got family, all that going on. Also the money in the beginning, not saying for everybody, but in the beginning, it's a small amount of money, right? Mm -hmm. And so people, it's easy to like not pay attention to it. But the bigger it gets, all of a sudden, it seems like the rules are changing. Like, why is it that I could not pay attention before, but now I'm like paying attention? So mm. maybe it's just because it's just a bigger number, you know, and because so much hinges on the success of it, you know, I can't go back and work. I and mean, we've talked about this a lot. So, I mean, there's a part, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And on the other hand, like, you know, that's, that's their life. That's our life. You know, if it, if. If I were to retire, which is far, far away, <laughs> I may be worried also. So again, I don't want to personalize this to you at the point, yeah. but putting yourself in the shoes of somebody much, much older than you, right? Thank you know, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and, you know, dropping yourself in this scenario of let's just throwing an arbitrary retirement age of 62. So you're 62. You've got presumably another 30 years or so of life ahead of you, mm -hmm. hopefully more. Knowing what you know today, how would you counsel? Because I'm a fun, you're not a financial advisor, right? So, but I'm a financial advisor. How would you, from your I hate to say this because you're not really, but you're 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 from the you're on the consumer end, right? You're you you're consuming financial services. How would you approach that conversation with someone that is experiencing the type of anxiety that we're talking about? Which I agree with you is totally normal. It's incredibly normal that that, that focus shrinking now. That oh my gosh, it wasn't so much of a decision back then. And now it's a decision with, on which I have the responsibility. How would you approach that person or that family that's showing that anxiety? Yeah. Well, I mean, being a student of Ben, 
<laughs> is I have to set that aside. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the 30-year number that really is the wake-up call. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, as a consumer pretending I'm age 62, like I'm not really thinking I'm going to be 92 years old. Like that's the last thing on my mind. And I kind of don't want to think about it. Please don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I think for a lot of people, it's just something that, you know, 30 years, that's a really long time. How am I going to, how do I know what life is going to be like in 30 years? And am I really, do I have enough money? Like Mm. that, that is, is the 30 year number is, is the reality is like the shock treatment for me, you know, mm. like, whoa, didn't think mm. about 30 years, you know, mm. and even longer. Not to mention that what you just alluded to is having enough money or the, the potential or the threat of outliving your assets, right? Yeah. That's but really- also, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, it's that. That's it. Really, outliving, outliving the assets is like a, a huge concern. And even just today, in this environment, in this particular year, thinking about how much the cost of very basic things has increased, you know, and this is going to continue. I mean, it's not just going to stop. It will continue. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll stabilize. But then what? You know, how am I going to keep up with this for 30 years? So sorry, mm-hmm. I interrupted you now. <laughs> oh no, what? That's okay. What one? But I'm glad you made that last point because one could argue, in the school of Ben, right, <laughs> that while this is a year where what you're alluding to in terms of cost of living inflation, yep, is standing out in terms of it's 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 entirely conspicuous in the news, right? I mean, it, it's it's something that's being talked about at length. And what the government and the Federal Reserve is actually doing about it in terms of raising interest rates. But I would make the argument that regardless of the bigger numbers that we're seeing reported and feeling, right, when we go to the grocery store or or fill up our cars with gas or buy a product online, clothing, otherwise, aside from perhaps some of the shock that may be dramatic, but maybe not so much depending on certain things. I would argue that that threat is always present. Mm. When we look at 30 years, we look at the last 30 years, inflation leading up to this point, at least over the over the more recent years, has been at least reported as, I don't want to say, Uh, It's certainly not immaterial, but when it comes to the attention that's been given to inflation leading up to the past year or so, it has been rather immaterial, right? And so that cost of living over exactly what you said, over looking at that number of 30 years, and let's forget about any years where the magnitude of inflation is elevated and just assume that the trend line is going to be somewhat similar to what's been in the past, that still creates a problem, doesn't it? Yeah. Significant. Yeah. And what I was going to say before was we we often talk about outliving assets and the threat of that in the context of just retirement income, but there are other goals that you have 
that 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 everybody has in terms of aside from retirement income. Right. It's not just living. It's like all the things, all the dreams and goals and aspirations that were, you know, intended for that period of time. Because once I do retire, assuming I'm 62, I'm going to have a lot more time on my hands. So I wanted to go do stuff that I wasn't able to do when I was working. So putting your financial advisor hat on. Yeah. Whether or not you came from the school of Ben or not. Yeah. You're sitting with, or you're having a conversation with a, con a con uh, not necessarily, not a contemporary, but somebody that is of that age of, or already retiring. And they're looking at all the things that are going on in the world. And perhaps you get this feeling from what they're saying is that as though they feel, well, this time period that we're living in is just so different from anything that's ever been experienced. Again, you're not a financial advisor, but I'm curious to what, what are the things that you, what, what if either you're putting yourself in their shoes or you're counseling them, what are some of the things that you would have them focus on? And what are some of the maybe questions that you would ask them in terms of their thoughts? Well, the first thing that comes to me is um, what are, what are the vehicles or what is the strategy, if you will, that will help me actually keep up with this relentless increase in the cost of living because we know it's happening and if i if i if i'm a realist and i just say you know what i'm just going to be a grown up about this i'm going to accept the fact that things just cost more year over year over year and we know that they do right mm. so then my next question is well how am i going to keep up with it i really need some help so that i can keep up with it because mm. that would actually relieve my anxiety. So instead of focusing, you know, my anxiety right now is focused on the cost of things going up. But I think to 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 ease that anxiety, you'd be like, okay, well, how can I, since I can't, I don't want to go work anymore. And mm -hmm. now the thing that's working is the portfolio. How can my money actually work, become my employee? <laughs> right. And like my money becomes my, my, my person that's going to go out there and make money for me. So how can mm -hmm. it keep up with the cost? Of it? And um, depending on whether I was already with an advisor or not, which chances are most people at that age come from someplace, right? Um, mm -hmm. It's like, what is it about the way that my money is currently invested? That's not allowing me to keep up for the next 30 years. So those are my financial advisor thoughts. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm going to hit you with one more though, but yeah. Rob, you. Yeah. Market's so terrible right now. The economy is in such a spot where, you know, some of these things we haven't seen before, or we haven't seen years and years, how should that impact my decision-making? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is the thing. It's that, Everything that we see today has happened before and will happen again. Wars have happened. Famines have happened. And this is not to like in any way minimize those things. They're horrible. They're horrible things. And at the same time, there's nothing new going on. There's really nothing new going on. So it's, And on top of that, um, despite all these things that have been happening in the world, historically, the market has always produced um, uh, the the kind of return that um, 
that is unparalleled. I mean, you can't. Real estate isn't this hasn't produced the same returns. Um, bonds haven't returned produced those returns. I, I think equities are the place where you're going to be able to keep up with um, the relentless rise in um, the cost of living. So, get out of here. Bonds haven't produced the type of returns that folks need. Oh, oh, wait. Yeah. What's called the no bonds cast? It's called mind. the no bond cast. Hello. Where are you? <laughs> you just, um, you just maybe, and this is a good place to wrap up because you just reminded me of one of my favorite quotes. You yeah. always have to, you always have to do that, Rabia. <laughs> the only thing new in the world is the history we do not know. Oh, love it. Yeah. I yeah. think, I think at least my, from where I, it's a quote by Harry Truman. Um, but incredible, you know, if I were to paraphrase what you just said there, that's what that made me think of. And I, I don't know what your reaction to that is, but it's so incredibly true. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Something okay. to think about, huh? Say it again. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. The only thing new in the world is the history we do not know. We do not know. Yeah. All right. That's pretty deep. Thank you. <laughs> so good to be with you, Ben. Oh, likewise. Always. Thank you. Um, and um, maybe uh, I can um, say a quick introduction to, to who I am, and yeah. then you can do the same and where to find us. So for those of you that don't know, my name is Ben Beck. I'm the co-managing partner and chief investment officer of Beck Bodie. We work, we consult, we coach individuals and families with respect to helping them understand and outline their dreams and goals. And we encompass that in a plan of action, which itemizes those goals and we build a blueprint to achieve those goals. And then, and only then, do we build a portfolio of some of the greatest companies in the world encompassed in a very disciplined methodology, a strategy to help fund that plan of some of your more or most cherished goals and objectives. And that's what we do. And Robbie, what do you do? <laughs> I don't know. It's very hard to describe in 30 Everything. seconds. I am right. a uh, a friend, fan, supporter, collaborator of Beck Bodhi, and I consider it a privilege to be invited into these conversations. Thank you so much. It's always fun to be with you. And the pleasure is all, all mine. And I appreciate your great thoughts um, today and as I do always and uh, look forward to our next one. Take care. Bye, Ben. Bye-bye.